This is the Muster on a Friday afternoon in studio, Graham Butcher, farm consultant, based right here in Gould. Good afternoon, Graham, once Af- again. Afternoon, Andy. Bit of rain falling around the province at the moment. It just continues the unpredictability of, of February now, I suppose, as opposed to January, and it seems like consistent rainfalls in the forecast. Well, you wonder what, um, what the story was with all these earlier forecasts about significant droughts and what have you, because it doesn't seem to be that way at the moment. No, it's, it's reasonably warm, the ground's moist, and uh, grass is growing, which is good. It's what we need, get those ewes up for mating. The feed situation, though, on a whole, and I understand parts of Otago still need a good clip of rain for sure, and even down maybe towards Otautau Way as well. I'll be corrected on that if I'm wrong. But in general, though, the growing season seems phenomenal. It seems pretty good. quite agree. Talking today about the ewes, about feeding them up, and just looking at solidifying your business when you're looking forward, and a few things to keep in mind. Well, we know sheep sheep farming's pretty tough at the moment. Um, it's been a tough year. I think current accounts are going to end up higher than what people were expecting six months ago, uh, which makes next year a bit problematic because current accounts or peaks are going to get higher and we have to uh, manage the bank and show the bank that we're in control and have things in order and that we can handle the situation. Um, but it, it's really when you get a season like this, we start thinking about other things we can do with sheep, just just can we improve sheep policies to show better profits? And one of the key ones, I suppose, is um, keeping hoggets or selling hoggets, using terminals and buying in tutus. It's, a, um, it's, be, it's been a, a small sort of farming policy around Southland for, for donkey's years. But right at the moment now, um, from a financial point of view, it makes sense not to rear hoggets but to buy in tutus. Now there's a whole lot of other uh, practical considerations you've got to stack around that but if, if, if we take a situation um, where we've got a mixed age flock, we're not mating hoggets 130% lambing and we're thinking about okay what can we do should we be rearing hoggets or should we be selling all our lambs and buying in tutus? Um, it, it's a you know, re- reasonably good question to answer. First thing is, if you're dropping a hogget, you can put on 0.75 of a U, so your stocking rate goes up. Um, if we're buying in tutus, we can use all terminal size, and we can probably get about 0.8 of a kilo carcass weight or 0.75 of a kilo carcass weight um, uh, advantage in lambs with hybrid vigour, um, possibly a way earlier at, at um, the same weight you normally produce now. If if we've got a situation now, we've got $55 for cull ewes, um, about 580 per kilogram for lambs, and we're not mating hoggets. If we made the choice to say, right, we're going to sell all our ewe lambs, put on more ewes, put terminal size over everything, and buy in tutus, our break-even point between our standard policy and the new policy is $190 for coming in tutus. So anything you pay less than $190 is added profit. If you pay over $190 for a tutus, don't change. So um, I would imagine you'd have tutus available at less than $190. So from a financial point of view, it sort of makes sense. But practical considerations around it have got to be thought about as well. Yeah, practical considerations. One thing springs to mind straight away by getting rid of your hoggets. It's your genetics that are coming through. You're, yes. you're wiping them out. Exactly. No, that's dead right. Um, you may be able to get onto a good line of tutus from a farm. Um, generally speaking, it's all second cut stuff. They probably won't be as big as the ones you produce, so you have to work a bit harder to get them. 
Um, if you can get them from a, a good genetic base and get them from the same farm every year, that's pretty good, but that's actually a hard thing to put in place. Probably not a policy for a large farm to consider because you're looking for large amounts of animals, but for a smaller operation, um, probably something to think about. Well, you're um, thinking maybe two, two and a half thousand ewes or something like so that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. So you're getting rid of all the hassles, all the costs with not mating hoggets. And when you think about it, once a, a ewe lamb hits the ground this coming spring, a ewe lamb that you'd keep as a two-dooth, it's nearly two and a half years before she produces income. And you've got all those costs in between. Go to two-dooths, they're in gear straight away. Um, so it becomes quite efficient. Uh, but you've got to think about this, um, if you're buying in two-dooths from a variety of sources, you've got disease risk. Um, what's the weight of them going to be like? It's pretty all much a double-edged sword, though, wasn't it, when you're sourcing out, like, sourcing big mobs of ewes like that, like you are sometimes. Yes. It's a case of buyer beware sometimes too, isn't it? Um, it can be, yep. But using terminals as an advantage, hybrid vigour is pretty good. Um, you, you, you'd have to be quite strict about where you get your 2Ds from. And it, if the break-even right now is $190, you're going to be making money by changing, so long as all those other practical things fit into place. It's fair to say it's a buyer's market at the moment too for use, isn't it? Probably. Well, I think you say it would be, though. I mean, when well, you look at the prices okay. that you're getting and... When you put it relative to the, what you're getting at the yards for a ewe now, I think they've gone up marginally to what they were, but a good, fat, heavy prime ewe, probably with a couple of breeding years, still only about 70 bucks. Hmm. Yep. No, it's, um, as you say, buyer's market. Uh, yeah. So there's um, other things. I mean, quite a few years ago we did – this is a bit out of the box, this one. Um, we did a lot of work on a farm in Lawrence on lambing ewes every three months. Now – Here's another way of making your ewe flock more efficient, getting more saleable product out of the flock, right? And you're doing that by replacing dry hoggets with board and tutus. You're also doing it by trying to get more than one lambing a year out of the flock. Now, when you're thinking about this, you've got to chuck out the window all the stuff you thought you knew about sheep farming and start again. It sounds um, it, yeah. But it is possible. Sheep will lamb more than once a year. Um, our... Short, our breeders, our, our Romney sheep, our short day breeders, um, you know, you need a short day. They go, go cycle once a year, but there are breeds in New Zealand, the Pole Dorset Merino, Dorset Horn, that are a-seasonal breeders. They'll take the ram basically whenever. But you try and tell a cocky that they're going to be perpetually lambing, they're not yeah. going to be too fussed about it. It's bad enough once a year. Well, yeah, no, fair point. I mean... If you, if you want to continue with the current system that you're running now, um, be happy with the financial situation that you have. Um, the one we did up at Lawrence, it was based on Dorset Horn. It was a farm who had the biggest Dorset Horn flock in New Zealand. Um, and we were lambing three times a year. Uh, the actual lambing dates that we had, um, we were lambing in August, September, in April and in December, January. Now, August, September is pretty traditional. The April, May one becomes a problematic one, and the December, January one should be, should be a breeze, right? Um, we were getting out of these flocks, to give it an idea, we worked out for the flock the equivalent lambing that a traditional one-year one or single lambing in a year, what that flock would have to achieve to achieve the productivity of the three lambings in two years. Um, and the average figure 
was that a traditional once a year lambing would have to do 211% survival to sale. Right? Now that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the average lambing interval was 292 days. It's got to be less than that, but that's average over a whole lot of ewes. Uh, but the best ewes, we, were, we had ewes that were lambing at a 200-day interval, 207-day interval, 217. Um, but the average was, what did I say it was? Look over the page. As we flip over, he's got all his uh, notes 292 here in with a 211% average lambing. And we were getting ewes that were lambing the equivalent of a one-year lambing 354 percent um 237 234 uh so there's potential there to do that and in terms of your, your animal health there was no real major animal health issues in terms of availability of vaccines and what have you yeah um if a ewe missed a lambing in this eight month period she just simply slipped into the next one um it worked would it work in southland this is this is done on a hill country place in Lawrence, so yes, it would. Yeah. Hey, do you know of anybody in the south who's no, done something like no one's, this? No one's doing it in New Zealand. I mean, this was nearly fifteen years ago. It was um, I don't think Southland farmers are ready for it at that stage, but maybe there's um, young sheep farmer out there with a fire on his belly saying that sounds interesting. Can we try that on a small scale and see what happens? It's interesting too as we look forward and thinking, just having to move along and. We know what sheep farming is like for returns at the moment. They're so just thinking outside the square, I suppose. Well, you, you could actually revise this eight-month lambing and have an eight-month split-flock lambing like you do with eight-month split-flock <laughs> sharing. Now, there, every four months, you'll have a mob lambing. Yeah. Now, different ball game whatsoever. But, you know, these things, as I said, it's out of the box, but it's, it's interesting thinking about them. Absolutely. So the guts of it is we've got to start thinking about how we can make our ewe flocks more efficient. Good on you, Graham. Always appreciate your time. Thanks, Andy. Graham Butcher, farm consultant here in Gore. Food for thought, eight-month lambing. Up next, Andrew Walderson out of Newstalk ZB. Proteas are playing the Black Caps this weekend, and we shouldn't underestimate them. Alders gives us some reasons why. Yeah.